Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Ng. Joyce, it was a wonderful night for Oscar. Are Oscar we doing Oscar. Oscar's playback? No, I don't even know. Oh, okay. It was, I, I thought of that because uh, Jimmy Kimmel's hosting, I found very Billy Crystal-esque. I thought everything about it really it was, was. Yeah. really peak Billy on autopilot but uh incredibly polished it was yeah probably... just no song and dance that's all he's got to do it jimmy's really got to learn how to do song and dance for next time because i thought he was like legitimately good but joyce we'll talk all about the show we have to talk about what happened on the oscars we have winners everything ever all at once when seven oscars joyce including best picture shocking so we both had it winning six i think yeah although um like two hours before i went down to five <laughs> Oh, wow. Right. As you know, yes. <laughs> even though I was like, it'll probably win six, but I just, I just went back to Kate. Cause as I said, on our live show before, I'd rather be wrong predicting Kate than be wrong predicting Michelle. Cause I was like, Michelle's probably going to win anyway. Right. But if Kate on the, the 5% chance she does win, I want to get it right. You would have felt really so. dumb. Yeah. I, that's why. So it's yeah. funny. So we both missed, uh, We uh, you did better than me. I think you ended up with maybe 65%. I had 60%. Because you went all in on Elvis. So I had Elvis winning four Oscars. How many did it win, Joyce? Um, zero. None. A big goose egg. And I'll tell you what, I knew once it lost makeup that it was going to be a long night for my predictions because uh, the whale won makeup and then obviously Brendan Fraser won uh, best actor. If you're watching this and you don't know who won the Oscars, I just find that totally fascinating. Why are you watching this? But if if there is a person out there who doesn't know, everything, everyone, best picture, best director, best original screenplay, best actress for Michelle Yeoh, uh, Kiyo Kwan won best supporting actor, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis won best supporting actress, and Brendan Fraser won best actor. Yeah, eight twenty four seven for eight above the line. BAFTA went zero for eight above the line. Amazing. So definitely put a lot of stock in BAFTA, and it ended up not paying off for me uh, because we had Carrie Condon winning Best Supporting Actress, and I think our logic was very sound. And we had Austin winning Best Actor again. Logic was very sound for those picks, and they did not pan out. No, but like as we discussed last week, there were a lot of categories where they were very close or unpredictable, like supporting actress. So you could either be very right or be very wrong. I, I will say watch again. I, I say this, I think I definitely said this when we did our predictions, but when you're watching the show, it's just so funny when you're watching, cause you could just tell what's actually going to do well and win. And even at, even before Jamie Lee Curtis won, when they were like, 
when they were reading the nominee, I was just like, she's obviously going to win. I don't know why I thought Carrie Condon was going to win. Like the Academy, while BAFTA was not a fan of that movie, uh, the Academy loved that movie so much. And it was clear that she was going to win. I felt like even before they even announced the winners, I was like, of course she's going to win. Well, once she won, I was like, it's winning seven Oscars. I was like, Michelle's not losing. No, no it would be so awkward if she lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so it set a record for most above the line Oscars because it won six. That's amazing. Um, and it's the first movie to win three acting Oscars to also win Best Picture. So just breaking all the records everywhere. And is, it's the most Oscars for Best Picture winner since Slumdog. Is that right? Yeah, Slumdog won eight. And that was still in a field of five. So it's also the most Oscars for Best Picture winner in the provincial era because the Hurt Locker won six. Wow. And then Gravity was the only other one to win seven, but it didn't win Best Picture. So... Yeah, and I like going into um the Oscar going into Oscars, but like I was after all the precursors, I was like, I think I need to meet in the middle between the you know, the the guild adulation over everything everywhere and the cold shoulder from like BAFTA towards this movie. I was like, I don't think it's gonna get, you know, like nearly shut out like it did at BAFTA like obviously not because like it's mostly American the Oscars and we know people love it um so I thought it would like win between definitely win more than three but like no more than six but it won seven so it was like I I was like they're just obsessed with this movie I really was kind of similar to what you were saying about not wanting to be wrong with uh with Kate right or you know not wanting to have Michelle and having Kate win I really did was like I thought of this this weekend too because I was like I really thought Jamie Curtis even like was just going to win. And I was like, I should just switch to her. But then I was like, everybody who's smart has Gary Condon. And I was like, I don't want to be like the, I don't want to switch off her and then be like, she, uh, she wins. And then it'd be, I feel like such an idiot because I went with like the pack instead of like, nor like the, the, the more, uh, more, more, the people I find very smart about this, like you and like other people. I was just like, Gary Condon's definitely going to win. Um, because she's got to, and I was like, I can't switch off of this, but. Uh, I well, should. I don't, I didn't think she's got to win, but she like made sense. She had such a good case based on how we talked and, about it. Yeah. And then it was also just like, was everything everywhere going to win three acting Oscars, something only two other films have done? The answer turned out to be yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then Brendan Fraser won best actor choice, which again, we were uh, not right about. Austin Butler won it at BAFTA. It felt like really significant win because we said if he could win at BAFTA, then he should be able to win at the Oscars. But Brendan's like, came, you know, he had that strong narrative, which I discounted because Hugh Kwan had the narrative also. But people love Brendan Fraser. I was saying before we started recording, I was talking to somebody who is an actual Academy member in real life, Joyce. And this person was like, I voted for Brendan Fraser because I love Brendan Fraser. Um, They just copied SAG. So SAG went four for four uh-huh. and they were just all in on narratives, which is very unlike the Oscars too. Cause we've seen, especially in recent years, they not take to character, uh, characters, narratives. Um, so, but this year, you know, 180, just all in. Um, and I mean, there were very valid reasons to predict Austin. He, is from a best picture nominee unlike brendan mm-hmm. so he's brendan is the first one to win best actor um from a non-best picture nominee since jeff bridges mm-hmm. and 
you know, I mean, honestly, if if the whale had gone into Best Picture, I probably would have predicted Brendan because yes, he won yes. SAG. Yes. But he didn't have the Best Picture nomination. So, so. the whale won two Oscars. Mm-hmm. Banshees of Inisherin won none. Fableman's won none. Tar won none. Uh, Top Gun won one. Uh, this is wild stuff that the whale won two Oscars and yet didn't get a Best Picture nomination. It had to be like 11th, I'd imagine. I mean, it got into PGA, so like, right? Yeah, it definitely it we we felt it underperformed the Oscars because it didn't even get a screenplay nomination in what was a soft category. Uh, but it got Hong Chao obviously in the makeup nomination, which it won, and then also Brendan's nomination, and he won. I was just, I guess, I, I don't know, I, I, I definitely, but going into the Oscars, I was predicting it to get a Best Picture nomination, obviously because it had the PGA nomination, and then I immediately jumped ship once it didn't get in and it kind of flopped. And I guess that was an overestimation that it was they still must have liked the movie enough because they gave it two Oscars. They certainly liked Brendan enough that he carried the makeup win along with it. The Whale turned out to be the non-Best Picture nominee to win multiple Oscars, not Babylon. Right. Well, I I knew even as the number one Babylon fan, uh, I knew that it was not going to do very well because I just was like, they don't like it. And even and we talked about like the anonymous ballots are totally phony or not phony, but like, you know, not like you can't take them super seriously because there's it's like a one out of 10,000. Uh, but I just just reading those, I was like, man, people don't like this movie. Like they clearly don't. And I ended up predicting it for production design and it lost to All Quiet on the Western Front, which you could talk about as well. It won, I think All Quiet won four Oscars, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but I was like, man, I just, they didn't like Babylon, but they definitely liked The Whale, I guess. That was my big takeaway. <laughs> Um, yeah, because the whale makes you cry. A lot Mm -hmm. of people cry at the whale. Yeah. And they love Brendan and he was everywhere. And like that ended up paying off. Austin was too, but I do, I don't believe we we talked about this. I'm sure people who are watching this are like, he was, we told you so, because he was too young. I still don't believe that he was 31. And it's like, I do think it was very comparable to like, Eddie Redmayne versus Michael Keaton, right? And this, mm-hmm. like very similar kind of like career aspects of Brendan Fraser and, and Michael Keaton, I would say. Um, and Eddie Redmayne won that one. But yeah, I don't know. I guess that it just didn't pay off for whatever reason. They did not like Elvis, even though I had to see so many people talking about how the Academy members loved Elvis so much. They loved it, but not enough to have it win anything. I feel like maybe it's like one of those movies where like people love it enough to nominate it for all these in all these places, but it's ultimately not their favorite movie or what they think was the best aspect of that movie when they're voting in these categories. So I don't think Austin was too young. Um, And I I like I don't think they care. (laughs) like he's like um but yeah I think it it probably was a very um low tier best picture nominee like we already knew it was not going to get into screenplay or director right so it was carried by crafts and this great lead performance so I'm not surprised that Austin lost like that was always a possibility because he split the precursors with Brendan and you know obviously lost SAG after an upset at BAFTA. Um, I'm only surprised that Elvis did not even win one category, like a craft category. <laughs> so I, I infamously had a winning six at one point. I, I ended up with four. So I had Austin in makeup, 
which is like a fail. And I think a lot of people who had Austin winning had makeup as well. So they probably had at least two Oscars for it. I went on a limb with Mandy Walker for uh, for cinematography and then ended up going all quiet on Western Front. Uh, sure, I don't agree, but I'm not surprised it won. It was the favorite. And then I had it winning costume design, which I found that one to be, I guess in hindsight, again, it's not. But I thought the, the two biggest upsets to me of the night were probably costume design and and production design. So All Quiet won production design. It was in fourth place in our odds. I would have never picked it. it I had Babylon winning or Elvis winning, and I could have argued Avatar would win. Uh, and All yeah, Quiet, it won last time. And All Quiet's there in fourth place, and it won. And then for costume design, I really very, very seriously came close to predicting everything everywhere all at once uh, because I just was like, they love this movie so much. Maybe it'll win like eight or nine Oscars. And uh, I ended up sticking with Elvis again because they're like recreating these famous costumes that seems like such a, a easy way to win. And they went with Ruth Carter who lost at the Guild. She couldn't even win at the Guild Awards for Black Panther. And it's amazing work. I, I love it. But even uh, Joyce, I interviewed her. I was saying this. I interviewed multiple Oscar winners and I predicted none of them. I interviewed Except Adrian, for Florencia. And then she I, I predicted in Florencia, she didn't win. I predict I, I did not predict Adrian Moreau. He won. I did not predict Ruth Carter. She won. I did not predict the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. And they won. Uh, I was like, man, I should have just gone with all the people I interviewed because I would have done great. I did That's not what predict, you usually do. I didn't predict Brendan. I interviewed him and he won. That's four of the, I, I, predict, I interviewed four Oscar winners and I predict none of them. I would have done so much better if I just- Somewhere predict. in the multiverse, you did that. That's how I always operate. <laughs> Which is why, like, that's what I said last week in our com. I was like, it's just, it's so weird for you not to predict the people you talk to. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I cannot believe I didn't do this. Next year, I'm going to, anybody I talk to, I'm going to, whoever I'm lucky enough to- That's what you to, do I'm anyway. i predict them. But I didn't do it this year. <laughs> what a joke how did i not do that what an idiot oh my god i can't believe that um but yeah i just i was surprised with carter one because even when i interviewed her she was saying like it's so rare for a sequel to get recognized which i think it is and it also you know winning again it has to be something like avatar where the visual effects are just revolutionary and while i think the costumes in black panther are amazing and she spent so much time working on them and created like all these awesome looks it's still like Black Panther, you know, it's not like a new, she's not like reinventing the wheel, let's say. Um, but yeah. Yeah, um, it, it was, and also, you know, um, Wakanda Forever missed production design uh, this time too. So it was already a softer movie compared to the first one. So um, it only hit one of the design categories this year. And yeah, like you said, she lost the guild to everything everywhere. <laughs> I really thought it was going to maybe win. Which we both predicted because I was like, this movie is just going to win this. Yeah, they love, they love that movie. Uh, um, yeah, and I would have, I would have, if I, I predicted Elvis, but I, if you asked me to choose, like, you know, who would beat it, like, if you told me Elvis is not going to win, I would have said, like, oh, everything everywhere because they love that movie. I had it in second. So, so <laughs> you, I think you must have had Elvis then for three, right? Then? Yeah, I had Elvis for three. Okay. And um, I ended up but four. yeah, I don't, I think, I mean, like, the costumes in, what kind of ever are great so i, I, I actually love that win i think i awesome. think it's it's partially the the elvis apathy yeah um and then you know uh the ruth carter love she's now the first black woman to win multiple oscars mm -hmm. and and then you know just the costumes also being good so 
I get this. I, I guess the thing that you're hundred percent right about that. Now we know how hindsight being 2020 is that I was under the impression Elvis was like a beloved movie from Academy members. It felt like right in the wheelhouse of like an older Academy member. And I think you're right. It ended up being like a, a four or five, probably in a lot of the categories, right. For these people, because they like liked it enough to nominate it, but they didn't really care about it. They were not as passionate about yeah, it. Yeah. Catherine Martin did not do the double again. Right. So. Uh, All Quiet won four. I definitely, we were saying this uh, before, the, it, uh, watching the Oscars, there's always like an ebb and flow and you kind of like, so everything ever was shot out of the gate with its two acting wins, including one that maybe was a surprise because the supporting actress was such a close race. Uh, but it makes sense that Jamie Lee Curtis won. And then it didn't win anything else really for a while. And it wasn't, didn't lose anything either that it really was expected to win. And All Quiet is kind of racking up craft nominee uh, wins including the production design victory, which was definitely the biggest upset of the night, at least based on our odds. Uh, and I know people were thinking like, maybe it's going to lose uh, everything ever is going to lose best picture. And then they did the screenplay no winners and uh, Sarah Polly won. And it was like, good night. That's it. This is over now again. It was, Alcoy was never going to win, even if it won screenplay. I didn't, was, I didn't that. was just but not I, happening. I, I, no, but I, I, I like as, I said, like before on the live show, I was like, this happens every year because <laughs> of the order of awards and just the type of movie that's in contention for these categories. Right. Like there was a lull for everything everywhere because it's like the only um, below the line category it was super competitive in was editing, which it later won. And they placed that at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. So all the middle categories were below the line stuff that they just chose every, or not everything, all, all quiet on the Western front for, <laughs> including production design. Right. It was just like, nope to Elvis and Babylon in production design and it was just funny because not even BAFTA gave production design to All Quiet they went with Babylon so that was in the, that ended up why I ended up going back to Babylon because I was like I didn't think Babylon like we had said like they did not like the movie uh they're wrong but they did not like the movie and I was like it seems weird that it would win any Oscars let alone for production design but I was like what else is going to win it won at BAFTA and like in the end, they obviously went with the best picture nominee that they liked the most, which was all quiet. So it seemed like those are the kind of things they did. Score as well, you could argue they ended up doing that, even though I think we both predicted all quiet would win score. It just felt those like notes. Was, those notes are pretty memorable. And we heard them multiple times during the night, five times at least, right? Because they did the, the best picture presentation and then also it's four wins. That's the most wins ever for a Netflix movie. Is that right? Um, Roma won three or did Roma win more? yeah so that's pretty right. great for netflix netflix ended up having for a year where everybody was like down on their wares it ended up winning uh five oscars right because or six but like oscars. almost by accident so it won animated uh animated film the four uh all quiet wins including international feature and elephant whispers right so that's six yeah and it would have been i mean like three if right like all quiet had not come on strong right um at the end there so it does also make you wonder um since they took to it so well to give it production design too like another week or two of voting would Everberger have gotten in would they've gotten an acting nomination in the wide open fifth slot in best actor for felix camera <laughs> i mean I think Burger would like, have gotten and editing too. It didn't have an editing nomination. I think it would have gotten in at least two of those three. I still don't think uh, Felix Hammer would have gotten in. I don't know. It just felt like he was so anonymous throughout the whole season. Uh, well, that's also because they just 
were you know so low on it not low but like they right. they you know netflix had other priorities right earlier part in the season sure. <laughs> i think it would have gotten i think burger would have definitely gotten in for a, a director and i do think it maybe would have gotten an editing nomination too and i don't think it would have mattered to the end results here i think everything ever was just going to steamroll but i think people would have been i guess we were talking about this before uh and it just felt like I thought the whole, we could talk about the show. I thought the show was fine. It was definitely way better than last year. I thought it was a huge improvement from last year and obviously like a huge improvement from the COVID year, which we don't even have to count because it was such a mess uh, and not probably as good or maybe as good as like the 2019 show or 2020 show as it were. Um, but yeah, it just ended up being like pretty anticlimactic because like you said, like all the everything ever categories where it was going to win, where we knew it was going to win, were in the last like, 45 minutes to an hour of the show and then it just was like steamrolling and one screenplay one editing one director one picture one actress it's just it's like no kidding so it's like, and we all knew we all had those predicted like i didn't lose any of those i had every one of those right so yeah it it was just i mean it you know if you were a, a stan of the movie then you know it's nice to wait and see all the wins but it was just like you, you know the the suspense um, went out the window in the first like 30 minutes when Jamie Lee Curtis won. Right. Um, for like anything else uh, or like actress, at least if, if you like, you were like hoping or predicting a, a Kate Blanchett win. Um, but yeah, like nothing else was surprising. Like all the above the line stuff, like we, they've had best picture and best director locked for ages. Right. It, it's funny. <laughs> so, like, I ended up with, like I said, 60%, uh, right. Not, not, not a great showing, but I was like, nothing surprised me at all. Like there were not a lot of shots. Like, production design was literally the only one where I was like, wow, I did not expect that at all. Uh, at yeah, all. That was, that was really, cause everything else was expected or like, you know, picture, you know, like all above the line stuff. Like, I, I mean, um, adaptive screenplay, you know, woman talking, pulled it out, which I loved. Yeah. Uh, seeing. And I think we ended up going like thinking about that. I think a key for that one was that obviously the acting branch really did love that movie or wanted to support the movie because it got in the SAG. It got the SAG ensemble nomination, which was maybe an upset. And then it did get Best Picture, which is the whole Academy voting. And it got Sarah in for screenplay. So obviously, like the writing branch was into it and it didn't get anything else. But I do think there was enough enough goodwill from the acting actors to have it win right like basically in the final because uh, uh, you know in, in tonight or, la or whenever you're watching this i i think it just um because i went to woman talking and i was like i think it can pull a belfast <laughs> like it's it it's a weaker belfast but like they both basically had the same trajectory throughout the season mm -hmm. um you know people were very high on belfast in the fall and, you know, a lot of people had it winning Best Picture and, like, all this stuff, Katrina Balfe, Supporting Actress, like, whatever. And, you know, it, it kind of floundered throughout the season. It wasn't, like, the crowd pleaser that a lot of people talked it up to be. And, obviously, Woman Talking was a lot weaker. And it was just missing a ton of stuff outside of uh, her screenplay nominations. And... Yeah, but, you know, last year, original screenplay was the weaker writing category. And Belfast just hung on at the end, despite losing the BAFTA to Ligurish Pizza. And it wasn't eligible 
at WGA, which mm-hmm. went to Don't Look Up. <laughs> so, and then it was also weird this this race this year because Woman Talking and All Quiet had never faced off before because right. All Quiet broke so late and then BAFTA just snubbed Woman Talking <laughs> and All Quiet was ineligible at WGA. So they never faced off until tonight. And um, yeah, I think it's also that, it, you know, it's still... Uh, a war movie and war movies don't really do well in screenplay categories and um a very divisive adaptation of the book i i guess a little bit but i also they obviously love the movie i think it's divisive for like people watching it maybe who are have read the book or just in general because i don't think the movie was widely embraced uh, but neither was women talking, obviously. But I just think that I think it helped that Sarah Polly was like the face of the movie, obviously, and she was everywhere. And it was like you're voting for Sarah Polly, and you like the movie enough. And I think probably had a lot of, I would imagine, had actor support. But I just kept th- and and bless uh, MGM and and United uh, Orion and the whole whatever group to get that win. And I I just feel like they definitely left nominations on the table when the, the playing the score tonight. I was like, this is better than honestly. Maybe all the like, nominated Where are you? <laughs> How is Hilder not in there? How did she not? Get, I mean, it's literally could have won. I think if it was nominated, because they just didn't really, most of them did not care about the movie. And it also, it was a late release too. Like that. I was like, I don't and, know. It was like, a, it was a whole thing. I mean, like it could have gotten happened. score. I think it could have easily gotten like, one of the actresses in for supporting actress, that category was obviously pretty open and you could have gotten somebody else in and maybe like costume design, or, you know, it, it wouldn't be a total shock if it would have gotten in there, even though it's like they're wearing their Mennonite garb. It's still like pretty well made and detailed, you know, it looks like good. I don't know. I just felt like there was such an obvious, they could have gotten like way more and like, you're right. All quiet. I think would have gotten more, if it was like two or three weeks later, the nominations. And I wonder if women talking might have too, just because it came out, it broke, even though it was premiered at Telluride, it still felt like it broke so late. Well, we talked about this, like they pushed back the release date, but Mm -hmm. it was also just kind of underperforming um, at other places too. So yeah, like it got, it got two major lifelines with the SAG ensemble nomination and the best picture nomination and um, great win Sarah so things, Oscar things worked out in the end so I'm very happy because it's a great movie yeah and um you know women are winning women are winning so, women are, yeah women and are both winning. both screenplay winners um although I would not have given it to everything everywhere like a marked improvement over last year's winners yeah I mean I actually think like this will go to, I think people who like I think this is like an inch I'll be interested to see what the ratings are I think they'll actually be really solid and I also just think people will remember this being like a good Oscars because people love everything everywhere. Like we did not love it as much as most people, let's say, right? Like, and I don't know, I don't want to get like annihilated for saying that, but like it was. It doesn't not even my... matter. They they won. They won. They won their seven Oscars. It was not my favorite movie, but I think like people who it is their favorite movie are like, yes, the Oscars finally gave the movie I loved a lot of recognition and 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 shine. And to me, that was like, I mean, like I've like I kept I for me, it would be like The Departed. Right. I was like over the moon when The Departed won its Oscars because I was like, wow, they finally did it. They're giving a movie. I like one of my favorite movies now has Oscars. Uh, that's great. That never happened. I don't even know like when I mean, I guess it was maybe Parasite for me because I was like. I had to wait that long for a movie that I loved. So like okay. Silence of the Lambs probably would agree with. Right. Like that was a good one. Yeah. But I was six when that happened. Right. 
So, so my in the, in the modern life, I was like, oh, I mean, and you I know, guess, my favorite movie, Saving Private Ryan, that did not win. Right. No, no country for old men was another one that I really loved. Yeah, but that was I, like, actually... I mean, I love Lord of the Rings. That was another boring ceremony because he just knew it was going to sweep. Even though I loved it, the movie, the whole trilogy, um, but a very boring ceremony. Eleven for eleven. Um, yeah, I mean, I love The Departed, but I don't know if I was like, finally, like they're they're doing this for me. I like, mean, The Departed, like really... that kind of went also made sense for it because I think what's special about everything everywhere is like it doesn't make sense for them right like same thing with parasite it doesn't make sense for them it's so atypical is it i guess now it's not atypical right i don't but know but it is when it's like happening like parasite right. like the first non-english parasite definitely was atypical and like was out of the blue and this I is mean, like this is a weird you know sci-fi yeah this I, I see people saying that it's sci-fi i mean like it's like sci-fi elements. Sure. It's just like a hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah, it's not really. It's it is. I mean, they said. I I think one of the when they were announced them for, for screenplay. Uh, the, the Daniels' screenplay when the the announcer was like the 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 log line was basically like, "What if my mom was in the Matrix?" And that's kind of what it is. But like, it's not really like the Matrix. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just no, I don't. No, I don't consider like, this I mean, sci-fi. We've, but we've like mentioned it before. It's a it's a very simple like feel good story and it's just covered in all this other stuff right and it's like it kaleidoscopic and yeah. you don't really know what's going on and you're tempted to continue watching it and you know a lot of people have to revisit it to figure out what's going on i think like the march release date last year helped it there was uh, another anonymous ballot i think indywire did that i saw people passing around today and it was the one uh, the guy ended up voting for it, I think. And he was like, "This is my third time. I watched it three times." He was willing. He didn't like it. Seemingly, yeah. A lot of a lot of the anonymous ballot people said like they watched it multiple times. Some of them because they just loved it, but others were like, "I didn't get it the first time. I had to revisit it." So I think if this had you know had a fall release or a fall premiere, festival premiere, and then maybe had like a November December release, I don't think it would have fared as well. I think. Yeah. The 12 months, the 12 months and one day between the premiere at South by yeah. Southwest and its Oscar win. Um, I think that helped it because it it grew, it had all this territory to itself before Top Gun Maverick came out. For they two, did a great, like, <laughs> I mean, like eight, like we said, A24 won seven of the top eight awards, right? And it was not even competing in an adapted screenplay anyway. So it didn't even lose there. Um. They did an amazing job with this movie because, like you said, like they it, they needed to keep it out there and like keep people coming back to it, both people who loved it and also like people who didn't get it and were willing to watch it again. And I, I mean, I personally fell in that category because I know people who really loved it. And obviously it was like such a huge juggernaut that I did go back and watch it again because I was just like, I didn't really get I don't get it. So let me watch it a second time and see if I can figure this out. And I guess multiple people must have obviously tr- tried to do that. And then with Michelle, I feel like they kept her around all year. It was definitely Kate, like, just ready to dominate, I feel like, in August, September, right? I mean, Michelle is a nominee, probably always. I don't think we ever doubted that. But I definitely was like, Kate is just, like, going to overwhelm this category. And they kept Michelle hanging in there. And the enthusiasm and the momentum just built so perfectly to time, right, when, like, they were voting, basically. I think it's like a more masterful way they handled this movie to get multiple wins. It well, it just had so much support. Like we knew for 
like nine months last year that the industry loved it. So it was right. just like, how much did they love it? Um, a lot. So, and yeah, like, I think, I don't even think it would have mattered had SAG and BAFTA swapped uh, slots. Mm -mm. Like, I, I don't think, like, it would have changed anything. Um, I think it would have still dominated tonight, everything, everywhere. Like, they just loved it. And, um, yeah, I, like, it, it, you know, we knew it was locked for one acting category and super competitive in another. And I've always said, like, the easiest acting category for it to drop from its SAG wins was supporting actress. But right. nope, they're just going to all transfer over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I felt bad for Angela Bassett. She looked pretty unhappy and right, maybe rightfully so or whatever. But I mean, what do you expect? She lost the Oscar. That I know. She I, she yeah, I felt bad. Like, she this is why I wish she just hadn't won anything. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking that too, but I was like, I don't, I, like we said, like it would be a career win for Angela Bassett. It's arguably a career win for Jamie Lee Curtis. because Oh, I it totally is. <laughs> she's not even the best supporting actor in her own movie because I think Stephanie Shue is like widely considered the better performance, even though she didn't win. So technically Jamie Lee Curtis is the better performance because she has the Oscar. So it's like, it would be great if Angela Bassett won an Oscar but it may be not for Black Panther because it's not her best performance. But at the same time, she obviously wanted to win, rightfully so, and definitely did not look super thrilled. Neither, I mean, none of them really, I, obviously Stephanie Shu did, uh, but it wasn't like, you know, they all thought they could, that was a really competitive category. So you have everybody thinking they could win. When compare that to like supporting actor and none of those guys expected to win. So when Q Kwan won, it was just like, of course he won, right? Like nobody was super disappointed, it seemed like, even like Carrie Condon looked disappointed too that she didn't win because I'm sure she thought she maybe would. She probably saw that she was first in our odds today. She that made me like, very uneasy because I was like, <laughs> she was watching us and she was like, these two idiots or this one idiot. Uh, no, <laughs> I I don't like it when if I'm not predicting because Angela was still in first for forever even after SAG. So I don't like it if I'm predicting an, a quote unquote upset and then that person goes into first place by the day of the ceremony <laughs> I, I was saying you during the show i think right at the last minute it felt like almost like half the experts broke to angela bassett again i was like who did they talk to that they're going for angela bassett i think a lot of the angela votes were just hope dictions like i mean who doesn't want angela bassett to have an oscar i would right. love to call her an oscar winner but i just once she lost sag i was like i can't do it like i have to drop her down to third like right. it's between carrie and jamie and then it's just deciding if everything ever is going to win three acting oscars um so but yeah i think she or angela yeah i think a lot of people just were trying to manifest the win for her but she was in the weaker movie which still won an oscar still won more oscars <laughs> than tar the weaker movie it still is a bit more oscars than the fable wins yeah uh, um but yeah the awards she won were not industry well, like we said, the Golden Globes, I mean, the Golden Globes maybe less than ever have a factor on the race, right? A year away. And this year they did not really do incredibly well at, uh, you know, getting a lot of these categories right. Uh, and the Critics' Choice Awards definitely jumping on to like predict, the, want to predict the Oscar, right? Like we had always said, they did not do a great job this year on that front. They got Brendan and they had- Again, it was still wild that they did not go with Michelle for Ms. their Michelle. favorite movie. <laughs> Miss Jamie Lee Curtis and they had Kiyo Kwan, obviously. So they went two for four in the main categories. Um, Joyce, what do you think of the show? 
um pretty average it was like I didn't hate it but it was like like totally serviceable um like nothing truly memorable like obviously last year there was a snap uh, slap but even like if you don't count that like I I don't know if there was anything tonight that um like regular people would talk about unless you're like a huge everything everywhere stan yeah there was not a lot it was interesting so like like we said this is jimmy kimmel's third time hosting uh i thought it was his best he he was he was his most polished uh, as a host i would argue i thought his like monologue was like definitely of the billy mold and definitely like to the room a lot of the jokes i felt like he was playing to the room and then like would get laughs at home so there was not a real and, and and i found it very consistent it was like not a lot of high highs and not a lot of low lows just a lot of like solid to average jokes right like fine plus. well his low was the malala moment that was bad but it, in the monologue i mean like he was like nothing and nothing even he said was like that mean he took a shot at babylon but like not even in a really mean fashion because it is it it did lose a ton of money obviously and like that's not like it's not mean to say something that's true i guess is it though i guess it could be but uh it was not an inaccurate comment on babylon losing like a hundred million dollars he made like a jokes about james cameron and tom cruise that were pretty benign i would argue um and just like kind of like got through it his other bits were mostly like you said, like the audience one was just a total flop. The, these hosts got to stop going in the audience. It's interesting because usually for audience bits, it's cleared with the talent. Remember last year, yes. the non-troversy with Amy Schumer and Jesse Plemons oh, sure. and Bust? Yeah. But this time, it, I didn't get the sense it was. I mean, maybe the Malala no. bit was because that ended up, he he that ended up being like, I think he salvaged that. I thought the Colin Farrell part was a little worse because like it was like Colin Farrell being like, go watch SNL because they already made this joke, dummy. Yeah, but like that's still fine because the Colin's quick on his feet. Like yes. it's good when you're doing it with people who can think on the fly. Right. But like the Jessica one, I mean, if you're going to do it with Jessica Chastain, like move her to the aisle seat because she was in the middle. She had to take off her mask because so- you know, she flew in for this. Because she's on Broadway. So. I also was like, how did, like, what was the calculus there? Again, like, God bless Jessica Chastain for wearing her mask. And like you said, she's on Broadway and she's done it at many, many of these shows. But if you know, like, why would you even go to her to have to have, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just felt like. Well, because she was in a movie else. with Matt Damon, okay? Sure. I was just like, I, I, I don't know. There had to be somebody else there who was in a movie with Matt Damon. There had to be. Matt Damon's worked with everybody. I was just uh, waiting for Matt Damon to be in the bear costume. So. I was shocked they didn't reveal who was in the bear costume. How do we not know who was in the bear costume? I, I was like, that, it needs to be either Matt Damon or Matthew Reese. <laughs> I thought that bit was pretty funny and definitely like Universal putting their cocaine bear flag in for best visual effects nomination next year, which would be like a My Year of Dick style absurdity that maybe could happen. Um, why not? Because they gave out visual effects <laughs> with the cocaine bear. Um I thought, what about, uh, so Jimmy, like Chris Rock, waited till almost the end of his monologue to address the slap. I thought he did it pretty well. I thought those jokes were pretty funny. It was fine. Um, I don't know, like. He ended up talking more about the Academy itself. Don't do it, not doing anything, which I thought was funny. 
like the attendees. Well, he was telling like the audience not to do anything, just like you did in last year. That's good. That's yeah. a good joke. And like, make sure you give him like you know you, you get you can hug the assailant. Give him a nineteen minute ovation uh, night for his ninth. Let him have a nineteen minute speech. Yeah, if you assault anyone, we'll just give you best actor. So that's a real. That was good. Pretty clever bits. I thought. Uh, no, I thought he was good. I thought they got all the performers. Uh, Lady Gaga, obviously, a eleventh hour came on to to perform her hold my hand song and did it like acoustic i just love that whole performance she introduced herself so good like amazing she wore i mean that outfit just black tee ripped jeans that's what i would wear to the oscars it was awesome that. that was honestly like i'm not even kidding that was like my favorite part of the whole thing i thought she was so good uh all the song performances i thought were really solid except uh i'm not a fan of the everything everywhere song i love stephanie shu and i love uh david byrne uh that was um not great bob no it wasn't it's just I, this song is just not a great it's not a great song i guess to perform but also like it's a two-minute song also it's very short it was i think one of the issues i had with how all the performances were filmed was like why were we so like up everyone's nostrils it was just like tight close-ups <laughs> some of that was weird i, I mean they definitely like it's funny that watching how they've like adapted the show in the last few years i feel like that the way they shot a lot of the acceptance speeches like dead on, like looking through the lens almost and like eye level was like a leftover from the Soderbergh year. Like that was the first time I remember seeing that was really like Soderbergh's year at the 2021 show. And I think they've kind of like taken that away as like something they like to do. It makes it feel a little more personal. I thought it worked really well for like Kyu Kwan. His speech was like, you know, pretty nice and emotional. Um, the show I thought was good. I thought the production was good. I liked the packages. They did clips. You know, they did, uh, hey, look at these yeah. costumes behind us. And this is people editing stuff in the background. Yeah, it was, it was a, they used it as a good teaching moment um, a year after Will Packer excised eight categories from the live show and then reinserted them into the broadcast. For no reason. For no reason. <laughs> did not make the show any time. shorter. Yeah, it was a longer um, show. Yeah, so like, if we're going to go along, this is why, like no one should complain about the Oscars going long over time. Like you're choosing to watch this yourself. You could you could bounce anytime you want. It, but if you're going to choose to watch it, it should be as long as it needs to be, and it should celebrate all the artisans and you know educate people on what their craft is. So a lot of like not not the best banter for the presenters, but a lot of them was about you know the category they were presenting. It felt um, it felt a little dry, like and uh, pretty unmemorable some of the pairings are solid like i we, i like jonathan majors and uh michael b jordan you know i love that uh and i thought andrew garfield and florence p were fun i actually got a laugh out of emily blunt in the rock i thought jungle cruise was just a dreadful movie never but, seen it oh boy joyce it is well emily blunt has no i mean you've seen the devil wears prada she has amazing comedic timing she's so funny I, I we're gonna do our early Oscar picks uh, this week. You're gonna have her for Oppenheimer. <laughs> I'm gonna have her for something, either Oppenheimer or uh, the uh, Netflix movie, which I think is called what is it called? Not Dead Ringers. It's something like uh, Pain Hustlers. The one with Chris Evans. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know why? Because that seems like a peak Margot Robbie movie, but like with Emily Blunt. Uh, but I'll probably have her Oppenheimer. I love Emily Blunt. She's so charming and so funny. Um, and she was good with The Rock. I thought that was like pretty fun um yeah no the show is totally fine i'll be curious i think people probably watched it because i think people love everything everywhere and top gun i i thought i liked how they did the best picture present presentations where it was just like a, basically a trailer and coming into a break out of a break so you don't have to like waste time with somebody coming up and introducing a trailer just being like 
How many well, what did you Oscars? think of the Little Mermaid trailer? Uh, no, I have notes. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just thought I, I found that I'm all for uh, them using the Oscars as the Super Bowl. It should be like promoting the movies. I want to see all the big trailers. It would be make much more sense to have like the new Fast and Furious trailer debut at the Oscars rather than- Yeah, the that's Super fine. Just play them in the commercial breaks. Why do we need to introduce them? Well, because Disney is like in, in doing- I love events. the corporate synergy. And then we have to throw a bone to Warner Brothers. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I, I found that all weird. I, I mean, that would be something I would change. I think they should definitely like charge a premium for trailers and they could even- do it during the show i guess or like out of the into a break being like hey like watch this trailer for barbie or whatever um but yeah the way they handled it was really weird it just felt like so i kind of felt bad for melissa mccarthy and Halle bailey because i was just like it's so egregious corporate yeah just energy. like shilling, like it's shilling a, it felt very gross and sweaty yeah and i felt bad because i'm like the movie probably is good. I thought the trailer is fine. It looks like Little Mermaid. I'm sure I'll take my daughter to see it. Like she likes the real Little Mermaid, so maybe she'd like this one. Um, the real Little Mermaid. <laughs> well, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon movie. I, I'm sorry. Listen, I saw the Little Mermaid when it was re-released in theaters in 1997. So. Nice. It's good. It's still good. Yeah. I love the songs. And I was when like, they were playing so Part of Your World when they came out, I was like, that takes me back. Yeah, it's a great yeah. song. I can't wait to see whatever Lin Manuel Miranda song is nominated next year for best original well, song. Well, he finally egot. I mean, if it's a good song, why not? And next year's like, he could. He definitely could, I guess, based on the 90s. Though, I'll tell you one person I would love to see nominated, uh, Demi Lovato, who has a song in Scream 6, Joyce. Your favorite song. movie. Another great movie that do I you, love. What do you like more, Creed 3 or Scream 6? Scream 6 is better, I thought, pound for pound. I think it's a better movie, but they're both very good. Uh, I don't think either one will make my top 10 next year or this year, but we'll see um no the show i thought was totally fine and i will be curious to see how it i think they really went back to basics it felt like that jan yang and, and uh bill mechanic were like this better be like a 1996 oscars you mean bill kramer bill kramer when i say bill mechanic <laughs> who's bill mechanic choice he's a producer <laughs> it's a 1 a.m 1 20 i'm tired uh i can't get the names right bill kramer oh and, and jan um... yang yeah, it was, it was like the show was fine. I like, yeah, you know, no one was slapped, and um, yeah, I think it was just kind of anticlimactic. Um, you know, like nice, nice wins overall. Like, I don't hate any win. No, so. and it ended up being like, I mean, especially with Brendan, it ended up being like we all like he was definitely like earmarked in August and like earlier as like a best actor front runner, and oh, like as soon as it was announced. And then the movie flopped because people didn't like it. And then he still ends up winning. So maybe we should just like overthinking things is maybe not right. I don't think it's like overthinking. Like there were red flags for him. Like if, yeah. like, like again, like if the whale had made best picture, like coming off his tag win, I'll be like, well, he's going to win. Yeah. Best actor. You know, yeah. I think they just really went heavy on narrative. And then that just combined with, just the affection for everything everywhere just made things like easy I don't know like that's not the right word but it was or like obvious like what was going to win especially in hindsight it's like oh we I don't think like it's not like overthinking it and or or I don't think like BAFTA is irrelevant but I think things just align in a certain way for all of the winners tonight and 
and then you know SAG ruled four for four in acting over BAFTA second, second year in a row so yeah well BAFTA could not go four for four last year because uh you know Joanna yeah. Scanlon um still iconic lineup they should do full juries again at BAFTA <laughs> I don't you don't need to try to pretend to be or try to pretend to predict the Oscars like it's you could do your own thing too. I, definitely... I think like I think the mistake is we treat certain shows as like they're trying to predict the Oscars mm-hmm. and then like they decide like they should be because everyone's comparing their success rate right whereas like some shows like Critics Choice they gloat about being the best Oscar predictor right. so <laughs> I, I definitely don't think BAPT is irrelevant for me I think like again we we've talked about this and like i made i think the cases we made for like austin and carrie specifically tying them to bafta make a lot of sense i think if austin hadn't won bafta i would have been way more inclined to have brendan winning here at the oscars but like yeah like if colin had won i would be like he's not gonna like i've i had colin in third for forever right and then i moved him up to second at one point but like he lost BAFTA, so he's like he's definitely not winning. Right. So if Colin won BAFTA like we expected, and Brendan won SAG like we had expected, and especially over Austin, which is a very SAG performance as well, I probably would have had Brendan winning at the Oscars even without the Best Picture nomination, just because it felt like that would have made more sense. But Austin winning BAFTA, I was like, oh man, there's really a lot of support for him, and I guess I did not anticipate the support not carrying over to the Academy. Just did not seem to to rate as well. Yeah, it also reconfirms that they love Baz Luhrmann over there at BAFTA. Yep. So Elvis won four BAFTAs. And um, and supporting yeah. actress, it's like, yes, they've used that category to reward movies they weren't going to give a lot of other awards to, specifically like even last year with like West Side Story. But also there's maybe rarely a juggernaut best picture contender with a great supporting actress narrative and nominee that could just steamroll a category basically. You know what needs to be studied? Jamie Lee Curtis's campaign. Like she just, she literally just went on Graham Norton at the end of September promoting Halloween. Um, and he brought up, you know, Oscar buzz for the movie and her. And then she was like, you know what? I'm going to campaign my ass off. Let's do it. Let's go get it. And she got it. Did. I mean- but I think like what was also ingenious about her campaign, I do think it's genuine, but she... Um, never really made it about herself like she's such a team player like all mm-hmm. of her you know dozens of dozens of instagram posts every day she was um, the, she called herself the head cheerleader right of the movie yeah like it was always spotlighting the film itself and the people involved and she was also cheering for other people too like she she posted several things about Kate blanchett she did early on it was <laughs> so. almost weird that she was so into Kate blanchett uh <laughs> and to michelle yeah, so I think it it's not so I I, I think it's not off putting, like a, a lot of people found the two Leslie campaign to be. We didn't even mention Andrea Riseborough at all yet. He was there, but she had a yeah, she, she, she attended. But yeah, I think it was it wasn't off putting because one, people love this movie, so they are happy for any success, any awards love it gets, um, and it was already visible, so you were aware of it. And she wasn't completely focused on herself. Right. You know, even though like every now and then she would mention obviously her parents and blah, blah, blah. And she's been in the business for 45 years, but she was always championing 
like the film as a whole and other people too. And everyone loves her. So she's been around. Yeah. I was also thinking like, and who knows? I'm I was I'm just looking now at like IMDB here to see what a- Angela Bassett has coming up. Not not seemingly a ton yet. But I was like, I also think that she's helped perhaps even though Angela they're the same age and even though Angela Bassett has never won an Oscar, I do wonder if non insignificant amount of people be like were like, Jamie Lee Curtis is never gonna have another chance to win an Oscar, you know, and Angela Bassett probably will, even though they're the same age and they've never given Angela Bassett an Oscar and they might ever not, never now, right? Because I don't even think they're thinking about that with either of okay. them. I think it was just like Jamie was for sure carried by the film. Right. And and her legacy. Like they like Jamie's performance, I know not everyone loves it. Um, like it's a fine supporting performance, and most people, most stands prefer Stephanie's performance in the movie. Right. Um, it's also like the the heftier performance, and not just in terms of screen time, but like the emotional heft between mm-hmm. uh, her character and Michelle's. So, um, but yeah, I think it's just. It, it's the narrative and the affection for Jamie as a person right. and her career. Um, so I don't even think they're thinking about like, they may never return again, either of them. Um, like Angela, you know, someone just give her an Oscar friendly vehicle or even not an Oscar friendly vehicle, but like just not a Marvel movie. Cause if she came this far <laughs> with a Marvel movie, imagine how far she'll go with, an actual strong contender like she would win <laughs> she definitely would i i think if any like, i think people want her to win i think it's just unlucky that she came up with, against someone else with the same narrative in the best picture winner it's like you don't need me definitely don't need me to tell tell say that how the oscars have just ignored uh like prominent black actors in their history but i was like watching tonight it's like Man, Angela Bassett loses to Jamie Lee Curtis. Then, like a couple, like maybe like a half hour later or whatever, Samuel Jackson comes out and it's like Oscar winner Jennifer Connelly and honorary Oscar winner Samuel Jackson. I'm like, how the fuck is Samuel Jackson not have an Oscar yet? Like, what is like? How are we doing this? Like, this is just give these guys Oscars, please. They're so deserving. Yeah, and like it's, I think you know, I I hope you know since it took her 29 years to get her second nomination and her second nomination was for a Marvel movie. Again, I love Marvel movies, but I would have never pegged this as a nomination for her. I'm glad it happened for her. Um, we both but, were, we both remained uh, flummoxed by the way that was embraced and the whole season. I would say, yeah, but and I think also in retrospect, especially once she lost SAG. Um, I think you could see that it was so narrative based and the passion for the performance itself was not there or it was a lot of it was kind of performative or just like you love Angela Bassett and you want her to win something. And I get it. Um, again, would love to call her an Oscar winner, but I don't think it was like the same kind of like adulation over it. Um, right. Like not like even with like, Michael B. Jordan for the first one too. I, I felt like people were a lot more obsessive over that one than they were so good, you know? over her here. And yeah, like I think she she can win um, with the proper vehicle. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just like timing too and luck. Like she had bad timing last time to go up against Holly Hunter. 
so it sucks and then like this time she's in a chaotic category that she definitely could have won and i think she would have won had she won sag um, let me let us get a couple other what ifs here now that we're done with the season joyce and we're, <laughs> we're gonna wrap up here on, on the 2023 oscars uh the way that everything shook out if Michelle Williams had run supporting and was nominated, do you think she would actually would have won or would have Jamie Lee Curtis still would have won? Based on tonight, I actually, I'll answer this myself. I actually think Jamie Lee Curtis might have still won. Well, then we're also, we have to figure out who would have won what at the precursors. Like, I think Michelle would have won the Globe because they were, the Globes gave Bailamans two awards. So, so Michelle would have won at the Globes. I still think maybe Angela would have won at Critics' Choice. I think she, I think Michelle would have won Critics' Choice because, like, Michelle was like similar to Brendan. She was the season-long supporting actress, sure, uh, prediction, right? And people, like, a lot of people were very mad when she went lead. <laughs> okay, so then she wins. So let's say she wins the two that like Angela, she wins the Angela double. She wins the Angela double. I still think Carrie Condon would have won BAFTA. Yeah, they didn't care for Fablemans. If everything else shook out that way. And then I think at SAG, you can make a case that Jamie Lee would have still won because they went so crazy for everything everywhere at SAG. Yeah, I and guess it also depends on would Michelle have done any better? Would she have had more momentum off of like critics awards and stuff? Because she won nothing in lead. But I felt like she she would have definitely won stuff in supporting. I think she might have won stuff in supporting, but I definitely feel like that was like a polarizing performance. And I also think like... But but like the people are less offended by that type of performance and supporting. They're more forgiving, I should say. More I guess forgiving. they're more forgiving, but I was like, I definitely have spoken to not a non-zero amount of men who are like, she's playing a freaking lunatic and I don't like her in the movie. Like, I know that was like a sticking point for like men and not in the Shiv Roy kind of fashion that we talk about, but like certainly like uh or you know not not non-zero so i was like maybe she wasn't actually likable enough or whatever in the character this is all fantasy because it didn't happen but i'm like i don't know jamie lee curtis maybe could have won anyway because she's playing like the villain but it's like goofy enough that you're not threatened by it and i think maybe you'd be if you're if you're a man choice maybe you'd be threatened by michelle williams a little bit in the unlikable way i don't know no she's not even She's not unlike likable. I, I no, but I, I feel like she could have also because that what if she were in supporting, I felt it was so kind of preordained for her by pundits <laughs> and everything. And I felt like it, it probably could have just carried through, like become a self-fulfilling prophecy, like we've seen before with very, very, very early predictions. Like like three years ago, all four acting winners, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, Renee Zellweger, Lord Earn. Brad Pitt they were front runners from the get-go maybe not so much Brad I think that was I think Brad was kind of helped by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood premiering in the summer but everybody else it was just kind of like based on the project right and their reputation especially Laurel Dern then like her coming off of Big Little Lies and everything like this career renaissance it was well like also her- I would say Renee Zellweger because nobody really liked that movie yeah but then it was just like you know Judy Garland biopic it's her right. comeback comeback narrative you know and then Joaquin it's his time Joker and it like they all they won everything they swapped everything so I felt like I feel like that could have probably happened for Michelle too it's just like everyone just being on board with awarding her 
for this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she would have swept, but I could still see her winning in the end. Um, Cause then if you're going to talk about overdueness, then she's numerically overdue based on her number of nominations. And Jamie Lee Curtis would have just been overdue for her first nomination. Right. Um, and then you would definitely be giving it to her for her career. Right. So. All right. You may be convinced uh, me that she would have won. <laughs> it could have been like a Brendan Fraser type situation where it just is like. Yeah. It was just like preordained from the get go. Yeah. And yeah. like the Fableman's is a stronger movie than the whale. um so here's my question for you since Kate Blanchett did not win yeah she did not win her third Oscar right how long before she wins her third let me take a look here what's what she's got coming up you probably know better than me but let's take a look uh she um she has she's been doing um reshoots for disclaimer the miniseries mm-hmm. with Alfonso Cuaron. Miniseries don't count. She's not winning an Oscar for miniseries. I know. I'm telling you what she's been doing. Oh, That's what okay. you asked. Okay. Okay. Is that what you asked? <laughs> That's, I guess, what I asked. That's, I guess, what I asked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say definitely within the next eight years, I would argue. Like, the only thing she's... I think the only thing she's wrapped was Borderlands, which is where she um, and Jamie Lee Curtis became BFFs. Right. Because, I mean, similarly, you could argue any other any other year within what the last four she would have easily won. Oh yeah. Can you even go back further? I mean, like she would have won last year for sure. I think she would have won against Frances McDormand with this performance. I think she would have won against Renee Zellweger, as we just said, not the strongest uh, movie. Yeah, I think Olivia could have beaten her because Olivia is the more like crowd pleasing yes. performance. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it took her seven years to get this nomination, so it was a seven year break. So you're gonna say eight years? No, I wouldn't say eight years. I'd say within five years she'll get back there and probably win. <laughs> like at this point, I think she's like she's slightly in danger of going streep where it's just is like anything she does she's going to get nominated but they don't actually want her they don't give her a win but i think she's actually the way she's she's also in her prime uh not that meryl streep's not in her prime i know that's like a loaded term now but i'm like Kate Blanchett is like really still at like the highest level to me not coasting and so i feel like while everything she does could probably get her an oscar nomination if it's in the right genre um she probably will win sooner rather than later and not be considered like a filler nom. Well, she also doesn't rack up nominations with the same frequency as Meryl does. Like, again, it's been seven years between nominations. So I don't think she's like as much of a name check for them as Meryl is. Right. So, I mean, I didn't think she was going to win for Carol, but like that's a deserving nomination. I mean, that was a great nomination. And then she could have, I mean, to be real, she could have easily gotten one last year. I mean, she got the SAG nomination somehow. So it was like, not like, like she was definitely in contention last year. And then Tar this year or last year, two years ago. Now I'm talking, right. Um, You know, as I've said, she should have been nominated for Thor Ragnarok. That should have been the first MCU performance to be nominated. 
No, Michael B. Jordan should be the first. That was good. No, this was Thor Ragnarok came out before Black Panther. Thor Ragnarok is before Black Panther, really? 2017. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Wow. One. November 3rd. Oh my gosh. Uh what <laughs> else, Trace, before we wrap up here? Um I don't know. What what did you think of the season? What are you um most proud of the season like one of your calls it doesn't necessarily have to be a prediction and what did you completely flop on well all my picks i feel like <laughs> i completely flopped on certainly um i was most proud of getting brian tyree henry in there i was like i went down with that ship and he actually got in so that was I, I took pride in that one and then never thought of him again because they had no chance of winning. He, he should have won. I would have voted for him. And that was a really nice nomination. Uh, I don't know what my thoughts on the season overall on. I just didn't think my take on the 2022 year in movies, and we've talked about this, I just didn't think it was a very good year for movies. Like none of these, I think there are a couple of movies that I loved, like Top Gun that I watch a million times. And I consider this on like, how many times will I want to rewatch these movies? So maybe that's not like the greatest way to consider an art, but I'm just like a lot of these, I just, I'm like not super passionate about, I guess. So including everything everywhere. So I'm like, it's totally fine that these, what one, one, and like, that's great, but nothing here felt like really, I was not really rooting for anything, I guess. Yeah. Same. Like I'm not super passionate about any of these. Like I have some, faves like banshees i loved um and tar um and fablemans um i also like top gun but like i also like i don't know i i, I don't really get super invested in like mm -hmm. who wins or not because like, as i've said the oscars don't usually award my faves no so it's like i don't really care and then i was kind of like you know like sure on everything everywhere so you know totally fine with it sweeping um, you know, congratulations to them. And uh, I find sweeps boring <laughs> too, <laughs> even if it's like nice for a film to sweep. And, you know, and, you know, this is such a fave of, of people's and it is, you know, historic in a lot of ways, especially with Michelle's win. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I like it just kind of made things anticlimactic um, for the actual ceremony. And yeah. I don't know like I like I do like that it won um as a one-year-old movie I mean and I hope like you know maybe studios and distributors kind of learn from that like you don't need to backload everything in the fall people don't have time to watch things people are working and you know but then again you have an October drop for All Quiet in the Western Front that people just discovered on their own so, but like they're both like those two movies are kind of similar in a way because they were organic hits. Yes, I I definitely think we've seen. I mean, it feels like it's been tracking like this way for like a decade, but especially especially this year, coming out earlier in the season actually paid off, right? We we said for everything everywhere certainly, and like even Top Gun. I don't think it, you know if Top Gun came out in December and was like a blockbuster hit. I don't think it would have gotten like six. Nobody was taking it seriously. I don't think, right. It needed like months and months of people like championing it to get like its nominations. And it got the sound win, which I did love because I was like, I love this movie. Even if it can call itself an Oscar winning film. Yes. Uh, so I love that. Um, so I do think like coming out earlier in the season would be like a great, just really great. And 
people should do it more. I have to say, I mean, looking at our list, like my potential list, there's not a ton of movies that I think will do that this year, though. I think there are a few that could do that. So hopefully we'll see that happen more and more, but definitely like, I mean, all the movies that feel like came out right at the end of the year, I would argue kind of underperformed, right? Like, I mean, Babylon was very polarizing, but I think given the way it's kind of had another life, I think for its really strong devotees online, that if that movie had come out in like September and had like months to like regenerate, it would have done better. I think it could easily gotten in for best picture, honestly, if they had like three months of like campaigning on it. Um, women talking, like we talked about, I think left nominations on the table, obviously. So I don't know. I, I even all quiet, like you said, like it came out late and it kind of broke late and it missed like a bunch. So I hope that that actually would be a really great thing. And I guess you never can count out the narrative. I was just so down on the double narrative, but man, they just effing love the narrative this year. They, they, they went full sag. They went really sad. They don't usually do. You know, we, we've said over and over again, especially when you look at back at past Oscars, they're not as sentimental, but this year it felt like they were very sentimental and they were like openly so. Yeah, I think it's really like the circumstances. I mean, Everything Ever is a very sentimental film too. Um, it is. I mean, but and it was it just a juggernaut. So it was just going to sweep and sweep these people up with it. And I mean, then- yeah, like you said, like, you know, people just love Brendan and love it him. turned out they didn't like Elvis that much. Right. And there's not as much to hang a hat on like with with Austin as like a comeback. I mean, like Michelle, Michelle Yeoh did not have like a comeback narrative, right? She had like, it's her time. Yeah, narrative. it would be, you know, the, the second woman of color to right. win Best Actress. So they, say, had, like, they hedged their bets with Halle Berry presenting with Jessica Chastain. They <laughs> they definitely walked the tight, they walked on like the razor. What's the line that Kendall says in the succession trailer? Like about walking the, on a razor? Yeah, like the, the knife's razor, razor's, it's not razor's edge. It's not. He says something else like knife, yeah. something stupid in Kendall-y. Um, But they definitely did that. I felt like with the presenters, because like you said, like Halle Berry bringing out her to do best actor and best actress, a potential historic win for Michelle Yeoh is the next second woman of color to win best actress. Uh, but they, I, I actually like they showed it felt like they showed restraint by not actually saying that, you know, they didn't like do like a take a moment to pat themselves on the back that like Halle Berry was like the first uh, black actress to win, you know, best. You actress. mean in, in their banter or like the voiceover lady? Either. They didn't really do it. They just said, I mean, they. they oh no, they, like not, they didn't even do that with like John Travolta either when he did the in memoriam. Like we, we all knew why he was doing it. Right. That actually but, got And me he got choked up. That was very emotional. I got choked up. Did yeah. you too? That was really uh, sad. That was really sad. I thought that was like a really wonderful moment, honestly. The in memoriam, they missed a few people. Yeah. But... Not great, Bob. I mean, I don't know how they decide who's getting in and what, but like you don't have Paul Sorvino and Anne Heche in there. Like you could have made time for them, probably. They're very well known. Philip Baker Hall, Twitter was very upset about Philip Tom Sizemore. I know he was fraught, but and late because he recently Listen, died. Tom Sizemore should have been nominated for Saving Private Ryan and just heat. for the helmet throw and heat. Action <laughs> is the juice. Um, you yeah, know, I thought that was like. That was, I, I, they actually showed restraint. And then Harrison Ford getting like the Kihu Kwan hug on stage was nice. Harrison Ford was supposed to do that with Glenn Close, but she got COVID. For, it, that was supposed to be our Air Force One reunion. Uh, okay, so like, let me ask you this again. I thought they did a really nice job producing the show, honestly, all things considered. And I, I did enjoy it. 
that was what they decided would need people the people need for best picture a reunion of air force one stars glenn close and harrison ford why not i mean that's would you, would you have thought if, if we didn't know that they were presenting it would you have thought oh top gun is winning <laughs> no <laughs> i never thought top gun was gonna win after i lost pga that ship had sailed uh joyce i think we should wrap up uh but this was great any any last thoughts for you on this season um, it was a fun season. Um, it was, you know, again, cool to see a one-year-old movie and, uh, you know, an atypical movie, especially of Oscar's taste <laughs> to win. You know, a lot of nice stories, a lot of, if you're into that, a lot of feel-good stories. A lot of good narratives. Historic, yeah, a lot of narratives. Historic win for Michelle. So, you know, if... If you, if you lost your mind last week over her Instagram post, can calm down. We said it was not going to affect anything. <laughs> but we didn't even get like, I mean, that's like, I guess it take, well, I'll be curious to see like, I'll be curious to see what they decide they want to do with any kind of campaigning stuff. I, I think they have a meeting like next week or something, right? Like, don't they usually- Yeah, they always do a postmortem after And I show. think they'll be largely pretty happy with the show. I honestly think the yeah. show is like really solid, like top to bottom, very, very- like not a platonic ideal but almost like the the best version of the oscars as it kind of currently can be constructed so i think they'll like probably have like good things to say about the show but i will be curious to see what they say about the campaigning and how people go about that next year um i did think it was social media rules I, i did think it was really interesting that jimmy kimmel like specifically pointedly shouted out till and woman king in his monologue and earnestly so he didn't even really make a joke about it he made like a little joke not about them, but like, I think after like coming out of it, he made a joke that I was like that. And the, the crowd like all clapped, which felt kind of condescending because like, maybe you should have nominated if you really loved it so much in any category. And certainly you could have. Um, but yeah, I found that really interesting. And that felt like very pointed and maybe like a, Hey, like Academy, like wake up. But again, like you, I think you've said many times too, it's like the Academy is the end of the line. And you look at this is <laughs> I, I don't know we're gonna do so we're gonna we'll end here and we're gonna do like i think this week we'll do our 2024 oscar picks choice can't wait but i was looking at the list and i gotta say it's a lot of white dudes again doing movies what are you gonna do so so i mean there's some movies that certainly will have more uh diversity than others but like i was like man i mean like- the thing is it's like they're making progress but it's glacial and that's the way it is like it's not gonna fix itself overnight and then you know michelle winning tonight great it's about time we've got a second non-white best actress winner um but it's it's still it's a it's a moment um a great moment for her a great moment for the movie and everything but we still don't know if it's a movement yet and we don't we won't know that without time right? because you could have you like I, people said the same thing 21 years ago when Halle Berry won. It's like, look at this, you know, like, we did. yeah. And yeah. then it took 21 years. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, but also, and, and it's like, yeah, like the Oscars are on the line because you, it starts with the gatekeepers and the people greenlighting these movies and making casting decisions. So the, everyone just pays attention at the end when rich and famous people go win shiny awards um but we have to you have to normalize 
the you know more diverse casting and you know gender parity in front, a- of, in front of the camera so but it's not gonna happen overnight there's gonna be years and there's gonna be categories where you know it's gonna be all men and it's gonna be all, all white there's yeah. only so many slots yeah <laughs> that was actually my favorite Jimmy Kimmel joke. I thought it was pretty clever. Was the uh, Jim Cameron wasn't nominated? What did the Academy think he was a woman? I was like, man, that was that's pretty devastatingly good. I thought because uh, this year, certainly. I love that he and and Tom Cruise uh, did not go. That was another funny joke. Kimmel was funny. I mean, like that was a good joke too. Like him, like the two guys who told us to go to the theater didn't show up to the theater. <laughs> Did you think like, they were? They knew do... they were not winning. It's fine. Did it's... you think they were? A deadline floated this. I think before the show that Tom Cruise was going to do like maybe a video introduction for Lady Gaga. She she needs no introduction. No, she can Tom, herself. Tom's not doing a fucking TikTok of himself to get into like the Oscars. The intro. No, Lady he doesn't Gaga. need this. Like the only award show he went to the whole season was PGA, and that's only because he was getting the honorary award. Yeah. So. It's like he wasn't gonna do this. He 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 left it to Jerry Bruckheimer. To Let the, me ask you one thing before we go: Will Tom Cruise ever win a competitive Oscar? Um, in any category. Yeah, I mean, he definitely could win for producing, but do you think he'll ever win an acting Oscar? No, I don't think he's interested in that. Not anymore, right? Yeah, like he as we've won for the last like twenty three years. <laughs> he should have won one of those that he was nominated for. As we talked about on Oscars playback, I think he could have won for Jerry Maguire, maybe. Mm. Over Jeffrey maybe. Rush. I think that performance is not aged as well as. Well, as- no one watches Shine is the thing. Right. <laughs> I, think- I, I watch Jerry Maguire like almost every year. It's a great it's movie. TV, I- I'll watch it. He's great. He's great in it. Uh, Joyce, this is so much fun. Uh, this is our third Oscars we've done somehow. I feel like we just started. Well, we'll start again for next year in three days. I so what's going to be our everything everywhere all at once this year? That we, we downplay? Did that, that we did that um, five days after it opened in theaters to the public. <laughs> and neither of us had it. <laughs> no, uh, not at all. I, I don't even, I didn't even go back and listen to what we said about it. Maybe I will uh, go back and listen this week before we do ours, just so I can like jot down some, some funny notes. Cause I mean, we definitely did not take it very seriously as a best picture contender, obviously. I'm sure we said like Michelle Yeoh could be a contender, but I didn't predict her. I, I mean, we definitely had it in August. <laughs> yeah, that was, I'm patting myself on the back. August was great. It was fine. Uh, all right, Joyce, this is fun. I'll talk to you later. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.